Welcome to Get It Done Entrepreneurs, where we talk with founders of companies who bet on themselves and won. My name is Rich Lebrun, and I am the founder and CEO of Lebrun Advisory Group. You can find us at rlebrun.com. Our mission is to help our clients build wealth through business ownership. Stick around to the end of the show, and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. My special guest today is Eric Donovan, founder of Paradium. Eric Eric is an author. In fact, him and his wife uh, just jointly wrote a new kids book called I Crashed in Backwardsville, which we'll be excited to hear about how that came about. Um, Eric is a speaker, consultant, serial entrepreneur, and philanthropist who has been in the financial services industry for over two decades. Eric has been featured in such variety of media outlets such as the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and Business Insider. He has worked with top wealth advisors and received multiple awards and accolades in the area of business and finance. Eric has dedicated his life and his family to the fight against world poverty, which hope Eric will get a chance to share some of that here on the show. Eric's greatest passion is to empower those on the path to abundance to create transformation that lasts for generations. With all that said, I know I can go on and on and on because Eric's got a great background. Nonetheless, welcome, Eric. Rich, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. I am so grateful for you to take the time and uh, our listeners are all teed up to hear your what you're all about. So let's start. Yeah. I'd love to hear your story. You know, I understand we we're kind of joking uh, before the program started. You have multiple companies. We only mentioned one. And if, you, if your wife's going to you know, shoot you if you have too many more companies. So you're a serial entrepreneur. But nonetheless, I want to hear your story, how you became an entrepreneur, how you went all in, what was some of the decision making process. So tell us a little bit about your story. Yeah, I'll tell you. Um, so I was raised in a small town in West Texas. Uh, my dad was a veterinarian. Um, I'm, so my dad started kind of the entrepreneurial spirit, the entrepreneurial idea. Um, and my mom stayed at home. And up until about the eighth grade, I had this idyllic life. Like everything was just, I walked to school every day. I lived in like a tiny town. Um, and my mom fell and broke her arm in when my summer of my eighth grade year. Um, and we buried my mother the day before I started my freshman year of high school. Oh, no. So my dad was a great veterinarian. He was not necessarily a great businessman and didn't have the right protection in place and things like that. Fast forward four years, my dad files bankruptcy two months before I graduate high school. So we lost everything two wow. months before I graduated from high school. Um, so I went to college at Texas A&M University to go get a degree and what you need to know is built inside of me is this entrepreneurial spirit. But the other idea that was in my mind is if I can just become rich, what happened to my dad won't happen to me. And that was the passion. That was the idea. And so I went to work for a major financial services company um, out of college and was working and being successful for them. But I was constantly like, I know that you, I think you do some franchises and things like that. Like I was looking at possibly buying some franchises. I was looking at, because I had this idea wanted to be wealthy, wanted to be wealthy um, without taking too much of a tangent, but it's an important part of the story. My wife and I got involved in a Bible study on generosity and it flipped the script for me because I discovered and fell in love with generosity mm. at a point. And I'll tell this just this real quick part of the story because it leads into what happened. Yeah. Um, 
my wife was pregnant with my oldest child. And we were $200 short on budget every single month. But I felt convicted to be generous with the first 10% of everything that we had every single month. My wife and I felt convicted by this. Um, and we were like, well, if that's what the Bible says, and we're just going to trust God on it, then let's do that. And we gave the first 10% that we had to, we weren't connected to a church. We were just giving it like to, to food shelters and women's shelters sure. and things like that. We were having a ball. And that year, we never lacked for anything, and we paid off $7,000 in debt. And the reason I bring this up as a shift in my story is, I, again, I was chasing wealth, chasing wealth. That flipped my script to, why don't I chase contentment and embrace generosity? And within the next year, I doubled my income. That's why that becomes such an important part of that journey, sure. is because everything that I thought I wanted set on the other side of going, I'm just going to be content and I'm going to embrace generosity. Um, and I was working for this. We got moved to the New Orleans area, um, and which is where I live today. And this job doubled my income. But I started feeling this calling to really be able to help families of abundance and help them learn some of the lessons I had learned on my entire journey. And as I talked to the financial services company, they were like, look, we just want to manage money and we want you to manage money. These ideas are great, but this is not really the direction we're going. Yeah. yeah. And so as it was 15 years ago, this coming November, I walked out the door and said, you know what? I'm going to go build what I feel called to build. Um, and that's that was the point that I actually launched my business was there. So. Perfect. Perfect. I love the story. You're actually called out into doing, being an entrepreneur. Um, did you have some doubts, hesitations? I mean, was your wife like, you're crazy? We got a new, we got a kid here. And <laughs> yeah, no. So by that time we had two kids and another one on the way. Okay. Um, Three kids then. All right. Yeah. I mean, if we want to talk about this, it's going to come back to the generosity story, which is to kind of this is generosity weaves into my in and out of my life in a really, really crazy way. So I knew about two years before it happened that I was going to have to go do my own thing. And I was making a lot of money. And so I just started setting money aside. I was like, OK, I'm going to set money aside because I know I'm going to go do my own thing. Um, Hurricane Katrina happened here during that. And yeah. so I was super successful because a lot of my clients were in the construction industry. Mm -hmm. So they were helping people rebuild in the area. I was the number one representative with this firm um, in the year that Katrina happened. And it was really because of that, because of their financial success, they were bringing in so much money, helping to rebuild the area. Um, and so then I went out on my own, but I say this embraces the generosity within two weeks of me going out on my own. I was spending some time in prayer and meditation and I really felt a tap on the shoulder and it was like, you saved too much money. I was like, what? I was like, yeah, you saved too much money. Well, how much money is too much? It was like half. I need you to give away half of what you saved. And I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. So I went to my wife and I'm like, look, I just had this crazy interaction. I need you to go pray and meditate yourself and figure out what, it, what you're hearing. And so she came and I didn't tell her half. Yeah. Right? I just told her, I feel like we're supposed to give some money away. So she went away on her own and she came back and she goes, oh, I hope you didn't hear what I heard. <laughs> like, yeah, you, what'd you hear? She's like, I heard we're supposed to give away half. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I heard. That's why I asked you to go check. Yeah. So we, two weeks after I went out on my own, 
we gave away half of what we had saved to some non again, not connected to church, to some nonprofits right. and other right. things that we were really excited about. We gave a big portion of it went to an orphanage in Russia that we were connected to at the time um, that I was super excited about some of the work that they were doing. Um, but I tell you that because there were some, some, some things that happened. My former employer sued me hmm. um, for quite a bit when I left because there was some reputational risk in my leaving because again, I was their number one representative the year before. So I get some of why that happened. Yeah. Um, but financially, and also, so you know, this was during 2007, 2008. So the economy's crashing, right? So I give away half into the economy and the markets and everything crashing. My business thrived. It did really, really well. And when the lawsuit was done, um, I had all the money I needed to pay off the judgment, pay my attorneys. I had to pay their attorneys as well. Sure. Um, and, like, and then since then, um, you know, it's not been, it's not been all up. But you go back to the idea of when I gave up the idea of being rich, the idea came back to be generous and be content. Yeah. So even in the seasons of where we've lacked or not had much, it's like, okay, this is where I am. Can I be content right where I am right now and then live out the mission and vision that I feel like I've been called to? And one of the things, Rich, I think that is driving for me is I'm very clear on my mission. I'm very clear on my purpose. And I think when you're clear on purpose, and then you have contentment, you put those two things together, like life gets to be a lot easier rather than if you're chasing the next shiny thing. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, you take two words like contentment and generosity, and some could say that they're almost a little bit in conflict. Uh, <laughs> because contentment is gathering all I all for me. Yeah, <laughs> so I can live that content life. Uh, but I and, and I understand generosity is really the deeper part of contentment. And uh and getting a chance to give back, and uh, I love I love the idea. I love the principles. I fully heartily believe in those principles, and and it, it really it's nothing about giving to the church. It's a nice place to give, but just giving out into the world, and that plays into your philanthropist, right? That's yeah, part of your absolutely. that's part of your mission in your family. Yeah, yeah, it really yeah. is, and it's something that we've embraced the whole family in. So when we have generosity, I mean, I will tell you this too, just so that you know, generosity has become such a big component. We take 10% of our first year profits go into a giving fund inside of the business. And my wife help leads. I, I don't sit on that committee. My wife leads my employees through looking for generosity opportunities. And what's been exciting for me is it's grown their contentment and their my, the generosity and contentment of my employees. We have a family giving fund that my kids get involved in. Um, so like it's, it echo if you look at it, it kind of echoes through our whole life of what sure. the, what we're doing. Because at the end of the day, I, I talk about purpose, but it's also what I get to do and what I help. Uh, I, I had just helped families uncover the lessons. If you want to get down to the simplicity of what I do, the words that I use is I help people redefine success because what I thought was success was becoming a million, you know, a billionaire, and I was chasing right. the dollars. And what I figured out was living in contentment and generosity actually opened up for me what I wanted and actually gave me what I like to say is more peace. gave me more peace. Like I'm sure. But so what I teach people to do is I've got a, I've got a poly, a, um, a pro, kind of process, proprietary process. We've developed to teach people the things that I've uncovered and discovered for my own family. And the only way to do that is to actually live it out with them every single day to know what works and what doesn't. Yeah. I mean, you and I could have this conversation for, 
we'll get off topic a little bit. Maybe we'll just do another call. But uh, we've done the same thing. This is for listeners. We actually create a family foundation. We, yeah. we fund it. And then the, the, the mission is anybody, including our grandkids. We're from six years old all the way up to 18 saying, if you see a need out there, you have money. Just go reach That's into right. the foundation and the foundation will take care of it. And uh, it's really been a nice thing for the entire family. At the end of the year, we get to share stories and it's been really great. But look, back to business though. But thank you yeah, for that. I, I, I appreciate that. Okay. So you started this business. Uh, you left, you've been in corporate America. You got three kids and a wife. You took, you know, you, you got this calling. Looking back, would you, was there anything that you would do differently? Hmm. My first answer is always no, because I wouldn't be where I am without the mistakes and the lessons that I learned along the way. Right. That's my yeah. first answer. Um, my second answer is I don't know that I left in as much. I left the former employer in as much integrity as I wish I would. have. Okay. okay. I mean, that's there's some other there's some things that I did that were out of integrity that if I could go back, I might change those things. But they also have taught me lessons along the way. Okay. So yeah, we all make mistakes and we all get a chance to learn and grow and, and adjust and pivot from them. And yeah. uh, as long as we do that, we're okay. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Perfect. On the other, on the flip side, is there any key decision that you made that was really instrumental to your success? I really think that gift of giving half was, okay. was a big part of that. Um, the other thing too, though, if you were going to ask me like, cause I think there are seasons where like you learn and you go through, and if you were to ask me, like, what's instrumental to the success that I'm having today would come back to a place where I realized that I was getting in the way of my employees hmm. and getting in the way of their growth. And when I got out of their way, like they exceeded my expectations. So I got out of their way to help them rise up into leadership positions. One of the things I found to be true for most business owners, and this is what I was guilty of, is that we think we have to do it all and we think that we're the best that can do it. Um, you know, and it's like, well, if I let that person do it, they're only going to do it 80%. I want it done 100%. And what I began to find out is that their 85 or 90% was actually more effective than my 100%. And in getting out of their way, I actually provided them an opportunity to grow and expand and become more. And my business grow, grew and expanded because of their growth. Fantastic. Yeah. We are so many times the cog in the wheel. We are, <laughs> you know, you get, and it's just something great's about to happen. If we could just get out of the way. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I love that story. Perfect. We're going to jump into another question in a second, but I want to take a pause here. You and your wife wrote a, wrote a book and a kid's book. Yeah. So I, I got to ask the question, why, how did it come about? Tell us just a little bit about the book. Yeah. So my wife, um, was a school teacher for a number of years. So she taught young kids. So she's always had a passion inside of just educating and teaching. Um, my, my title is the mindset disruption strategist. And I center around this idea of how do we redefine success? And we were talking about, I wrote a book a number of years ago called what if we've been doing it all wrong around this idea of trying to disrupt the way that we think about what success looks like. And we were like, what would it look like to create a book on the same concepts to create a children's book that we could teach to young kids. And so as we started talking and thinking about that, we actually partnered with a gentleman who helps people who have an idea flesh out and create the children's book side of it. Um, so I'm gonna run a real quick commercial for Timmy the, Timmy the author at Dinosaur House. 
because Timmy is the one who helped us write the book, but it was just us sitting down and having conversations. And it comes from this idea that most of what success looks like is backwards from what the world tells us it is. Again, the way to become successful is to chase wealth. No, what I discovered is the way to become successful is to live with contentment and be generous, right? So everything is backwards. So we came up with the kid's book and the theme is called I Crashed in Backwardsville. And without giving too much away, it is about a fast turtle who is going on vacation and crashes in the town of Backwardsville and spends time with a bunch of slow cheetahs learning about what it looks like to live backwards. Love it. Love it. Okay. So uh, imagine you can find this on your website or, or Amazon. Yeah, so or they're, they're, it's on my website. One of the best ways to get in touch with me is ericl360, ericl360.com. My book is there. It's on Amazon and anywhere you want to get access to it, you can find it. Fantastic. You know, I'm a firm believer, get those kids trained up right. Absolutely. <laughs> Train them up early and then they'll be in the right path going forward. All right. Again, back to business. All right. So you got your own business. You've been in 15 years. You started in 2007, 2008. It was like, that was our generational depression and crash. Absolutely. Okay, but here we are, 2022. We are facing probably the most headwinds any of us have faced in this country between pandemics, recession, labor shortage, supply chain issues, war looming, political unrest. I mean, put it, I don't think we can come up with any more things. Okay, so our listeners want to know, how are you as an owner of a company today head, facing these headwinds? What discipline maybe have you put in place to help you stay on, stay the course? And do you see this as an opportunity to, opportunity or a time to retreat? Well, I definitely think it's an opportunity. Um, and the, from you're talking about just disciplines and things like that. The first discipline that I put in place about four or five years ago is turn off the news. Um, I was talking to my son today and he was like, do you know, I have no idea what's going on in the news while I'm at school. I'm like, if you just live the rest of your life that way you'd probably be really good because what I found to be true is there are headwinds out there, but the media wants you to stay stuck in the headwind, not in a place of being able to find solutions. Mm. So when you ask about kind of my habits, the first thing you need to know is I'm a very, very disciplined person. And what I do doesn't work for everyone. So I don't need someone to say, hey, because Eric does it this way, I need to do it this way. But you do need to find your own version of this. So, for example, I was up at 4.30 this morning. I get up at 4.30 almost every single morning except on the weekends. Why? Because at 4.30 in the morning, I'm taking, I'm investing in me. It's where I found I can create the space to invest in me. I was, at, I was in the swimming pool by 4.50 swimming laps. I swam a mile and a half this morning, right? So working out, exercising, things like that gets my head clear, helps me think. Um, I get into the Bible and read through and listen to things that are going on there. I go home and I connect with my wife. My, we've got two kids who we've launched into college. Um, and so I, I used to cook breakfast for everyone. Now I'm just cooking breakfast for my daughter. Mm -hmm. um, but we sit around the table and every morning is what are you gra grateful for? And what do you need prayers for today? And so before we launch the day, like that's happening. And so I'm doing all that. I'm invested in myself. I'm invested in my spiritual health. I'm invested in my own health and I'm invested in my wife and my daughter and my boys before I ever walk out the door. And then the other thing, Rich, it doesn't happen every morning, but I try and leave a buffer in my day that before the day starts and I got it in this morning, 
I go on a long walk and I'm just quiet. And my question is, what do I need to know today? What do I need to see today to be able to have a successful day? And I just ideas come and I take a piece of paper with me, right? An idea comes to me and I just write it down. And the, the reason I think right now is an opportunity is I think there are lots of things that are broken that need to be fixed. My motto is if it's, again, the mindset disruption strategies. My motto is if it's not broke, break it because you might put it back together differently. And I think that's what we're seeing right now is if you were to ask me what I think the great angst that everyone is feeling is this feeling that everything is broken. Love it. I'm going to agree with you. Everything is broken. Use that as your opportunity to figure out what is the thing you're called to go fix. Nice. Nice. And that's where the business opportunity lies is everything is broken. So break the thing you feel called to and go build it. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of hope in that. Yeah. Yeah. Instead again, it's not retreating. It's going, Hey, there's opportunity. And whether it's in the philanthropist side or it's in new business ideas or starting new income streams or starting your own business or whatever it is. Uh, when you have that mindset, uh, there's something that'll be fixed and I can be part of the solution. I think it gets you up in the morning. Well, I'll tell you another thing is, especially you talked about some of your listeners being people who are corporate employed and trying to decide if they would start a business. Let me, let me make one statement. I think every business owner needs to know which is that, or every person who's considering owning a business needs to know. You get, you got to have the right mindset and the right, you got to be able to go into it the right way. But even in my darkest days of business where I've even like been, are we going to make it? What's going to happen? Those have happened. We've been in, there've been days I've paid everyone but myself. Even in those darkest days have been better than my best day working for someone else. I love it. I love it. We used to say that in the golf course. Worst day in the golf course is better than the best day at work. <laughs> yeah. My worst day in business is better than my best day working for somebody else. That is a great, great mantra. Perfect. So I, I get from our conversation here, you're a lifelong learner. So, uh, you know, every good leader is a learner. What are you learning right now? Mm, you know what I'm learning right now? I'm working on social media presence. I actually, before we got on this call, I'm paying a gentleman to coach me through how to be better at TikTok and Twitter and YouTube and Facebook and LinkedIn and all of those things that are out there. I mean, these are all things that were created, you know, when I was 40. I was say, <laughs> I hope I hope you hired a 20-year-old. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. And and it's all stuff that I know to continue to get my message out and be doing things I need to learn. And that's the that's the humble part, right? When you're a learner, what you've got to realize is the person who has knowledge may be younger than I am. The person that's got the wisdom that I want may be someone that in another environment I might consider it you shouldn't do this, but you might consider below you. It's like, no, 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 you can learn from everyone. So how do you embrace that? Yeah, especially when it comes to this social media. Definitely, definitely do not tap into a 60-year-old. Anyhow, curious. Uh, You already gave advice to uh, a corporate America person. Okay, give advice to another owner out there, you know, who is contemplating, do I need to to scale my business back? Should I maybe add another revenue stream? Um, You know, they're, they're... you know, like every owner, we got questions and doubts and uncertainties. Yeah. So how speak to that side. Yeah, as the serial entrepreneur who doesn't need another business, I think the one thing that I would tell you that especially if you're considering like another business or another thing, the things that have been successful for me have been things that are consistent with my messaging. 
that are consistent with who I already am. So I'm not in the financial services industry and coaching people through mindsets and how to think about family and money. And those are all the things that I do, right? I shouldn't go open a restaurant. That's not a good extension of what I do. I have a coaching program, right? I own an insurance company. Those things are consistent with my businesses, right? I own a hedge fund. Those things are all consistent with who I am and what I know in the sandbox that I play in. Mm -hmm. That's the first piece of advice that I would have is make sure that it's an extension of your purpose and who you are. Let me jump in. But you diversified, but within the same realm. Correct. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Yeah, within my knowledge base. And within, yeah, okay. The other thing too that I would say to business owners, because this is, and I get there and I get stuck. The hardest place for a business owner is what I call the temporary pullback. And let me tell you what I mean. So you come out with an idea and your business starts to expand and expand and expand. And you usually hit a plateau and then there's a temporary pullback and the temporary pullback is usually the time you go, what did I just do wrong? Oh, my goodness. Where? And you're looking around and you're questioning yourself. It's the time of greatest doubt. It can be the time of greatest opportunity to go, OK, so what's the next, sh next shift I need to make? What's the next thing I need to do in my business? And for the business owners who play that right, what I found to be true is it's only a temporary pullback. It's not like you're going all the way back down. It's a temporary pullback for you to then launch into your next season of growth if you'll use it the right way. And if we're not careful, that temporary pullback can leave us held back longer than we need to be. Okay, okay, so take a look at that and try to shorten up that learning curve if you can. Correct, and then figure out what's the next launching point that you can use that, What what's the purpose of the pullback to use it as a launching point for your next stage of growth. Perfect. Derek, before we close out, I want to get a chance to talk about your business, although you're multiple. I do. So tell us on the door listeners, how can they get a hold of you? What type of people are, are your customers? Who, who, who can you help out there? Yeah. So my primary customers are coaches and families who are on the path to achieving abundance, who are recognizing, look, I'm going to have more than I need throughout my lifetime. And they're, they're thinking about success. But in their gut, there's this little kind of nagging feeling of, I don't want to screw this up. Because you look around the world, they're like, man, there are things that could go wrong in my family. There are things that could go wrong in my relationships. And I'm again, I'm doing a really, really good job with my money. And so what I do is partner with those families and we come alongside existing professionals. So, you know, we don't, we don't replace CPAs. We don't replace attorneys. We don't replace money managers. We, what we do is we provide a coaching service to help people get really clear on what do they want their their life to look like in three, five, 10, 15 years? What do you want it to look like in two generations, five generations, and create an impact today while also building generational prosperity? And so those are my ideal clients. I do it through coaching. We do it through consulting. There's many different ways and avenues that people actually engage with us. And the best way to start a conversation is ericl360.com, ericl360.com. And there's that you follow my social, you can get in touch with everything that I'm doing, but that's the best way to kind of start and go, okay, let me find out more about what Eric's doing and see where it makes sense to start a conversation. Fantastic. Well, to our listeners, on behalf of them, Eric, thanks for sharing your story. Thanks yeah. for sharing your uh, wisdom. I mean, it's really a key time. And I think people are I'm just so, talk about generosity. I, I just love doing this podcast. I'm finding people like yourself 
are just so generous today just to share their wisdom and what they learned. And it's really helpful, I know, to me and I know to our listeners. So uh, thank you again for taking time out of your busy day. And I hope uh, to talk to you again down the road. All right, Rich. Thank you so much. It's been a joy being on. Thanks, Eric. Rich LeBron here. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, Get It Done Entrepreneurs. If you are a successful business owner who would like to be on this program, please visit us at rlebrun.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form and we will reach out to you. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show. Include the hashtag GetItDoneEntrepreneurs. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, rlebrun.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time.